We know of new methods of attack. The Trojan Horse, the fifth column. Greetings, and welcome to another exciting installment of the Fifth Column Podcast. We are nearly at the 2023 this is your weekly rhetorical assault on the news cycle the people that make it and occasionally ourselves going going strong nearly a decade going strong i mean i suppose what? we can say that that is true this is no, more than five years this is nearly a decade what That's did higgin bottom treats uh, you teach <laughs> 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 yes. oh. yes. I, I hope i hope you're listening <laughs> uh, i'm camille Foster. subscribe to the podcast we'll explain that to you it's, it's for subscribers I'm, only you know what we, we can talk about that next week okay um, i'll play right. some i'm sure i have some recordings of my my solos from back in the day um, oh, i'm delighted really? to be here really? here with michael moynihan matt welch hell yeah dude i sing like an angel i'm incredible we know this, this one of the most just... brilliant tenors in america it's but this un- is like 20 years ago so when yeah. old, when when senator gifted hands was coming into, yeah. into the church <laughs> yeah. they trot out camille floppy hands <laughs> to, to sing solo and so a was... list of all of the different things that i've called that <laughs> someone was hitting the record button back then yeah yeah, man, it was good. It was yeah, good. Sexual chocolate. <laughs> Did they allow you to sing some Marvin Gaye in yeah. the Seventh Day Adventist Church? I mean, you know, you know, Marvin Gaye got his start in the church. So come on mm-hmm. now. Yeah, but it wasn't Marvin like a Gaye's cult Marvin, Gaye, Marvin Gaye's father. <laughs> well, actually, it was kind of a cult church, actually. Yeah, and then yeah. what he do to his father? Well, yeah, exactly. In a fight, and his father killed yeah. him. So. Yeah. How did yeah. he get his finish? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Should have been in the yeah. church that he was. Camille, if it is now, true. we're off to a sad start now. We're off to a sad start. But I, wanna, I just want to say. <laughs> Shout out to Marvin Gaye. Your angelic voice. Yes. Did you ever at any point mm. think, um, I'm going to pursue this as a, an either a side project, a yeah. career, or um, did you say like, I don't know, I've got the R. Kelly stuff, but just not the same. <laughs> <laughs> Those are, I, I, Those are the choices. I never, I never thought I might pursue this as a career. Never, yeah, ever. Well, you say um, that you're so good. But there, there may, there may still be time. No, you, yeah. you know what? I can't do everything. I can't mm-hmm. do everything and be everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, but who knows? Look, if Coleman can record rap albums, like maybe mm-hmm. you know anything's yeah. possible. Anything. Anything's possible. You, yeah. If you recorded a rap album, I would absolutely quit this <laughs> I podcast. I wouldn't yeah. record a rap album. We would no. replace you with Coleman. <laughs> <laughs> I've never, I've never, I mean, you might do that anyways. I've yeah. never pretended to have a flow. I'm not going to be that guy, mm. um, but I can, I can hold a couple of notes. I think we'd replace you with that guy from Arizona. Mm. Which guy, guy was Arizona? The one that was shouted at going into the conservative oh, event by like yeah. racists, like actual racists, <laughs> actual white supremacists. Yeah. Yeah. He, like the Nick Fuentes types. Yeah. Gosh, yeah. what is his name? He, he's got that, that crazy perm going on. <laughs> you said um, that. I, it's I was, very. I was on the subway and you said that and I was like in between stops trying to get a signal. Like I was like, you know, trying to get my, you know, you have like two seconds yeah. to get And I was like, yeah. I want to see this perm. And I'm trying to think what he looks like. And I'm like, like a, like a Easy E, yeah. DJ yeah. Quick Perm. What has he got going on there? This is a conservative Rob Smith who is described in media as a black and gay conservative influencer, which, mm. I mean, okay. Right. Uh, it's actually relevant in this particular case because he was, as was just described, surrounded by a bunch of guys um, at an event. I guess this was Turning Point USA's America Fest. 
everything about the soundscape. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Everything about this soundscape. But he was surrounded by a bunch of guys who, per him, according (laughs) to him, were screaming at him, nigger and faggot. Um, The recording that is out there about this that he posted, which was (laughs) recorded by one of these guys. So they were so ashamed that they recorded this and then posted it themselves. Um, Did not include anyone saying the dreaded N word, which I've already said once, Um, but they did say the F word and they said repeatedly um, and they, they didn't seem particularly shy about it. Um, and he, but these are people uh, who are Nick Fuentes right guys. Is that what am I wrong? Well, he at least mentions Nick Fuentes uh, when they start to chant Isn't something about his his gayness. He goes on to say, um, "Oh, actually, they were chanting gay sex, gay sex over and over again." What and a he, weird he thing and to he's say. kind of pumping his fist as yeah, they chant I, gay sex. I love that. Right? And he yeah, says, as yeah, a gay person, Nick Fuentes, maybe says, they did Nick Fuentes too. loves gay sex. He said and that. That's oh what he God. said in response to them, and they said no. No, which, <laughs> I suppose technically, as I understand it, Nick Fuentes just says he doesn't really have sex. No, no, we pl- I think we played it one time on a previous episode <laughs> when did. Nick yeah. Fuentes explained that not having sex or having straight sex is the gayest He's thing in the world. The yes. thing. He's actually yes. gay. And I was like, wait, hold on. I'm trying to follow this. And he was totally serious. He wasn't like doing yes. a bit. He was yeah. like, it's as we all know, super yes. gay to not. Yeah. Have gay sex, but have straight I'm, sex. Because I'm fine women being that gay. To be fair, I, yeah. I sleep with my wife, and I think to myself, Dude, all the if time, that's yeah, true, then I'm so fucking gay. Freddie Mercury. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> Unless yes, I'm just saying, are. I like it that much. <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying I do it that much. I'm just saying I like it that much. Who knew? Yeah, who knew who I knew? could be this gay? Yeah. yeah, I'm fine with that. So much um, serious so, stuff. Yeah, obviously about. this is it's terrible and awful when people are surrounded and. um they're shouted down by people. And he, um, in a later, uh, interview with Abby Phillips on CNN, who, you know, always gives these penetrating interviews, uh, <laughs> was describing this and saying that he felt fear and that he was, you know, surrounded by 25 to 30 guys. And he thought if it went bad that he could have, he could imagine them like sort of pummeling him. Um, it didn't look particularly violent or confrontational apart from people being just nasty and gross. Um, and obviously you don't really like to see that kind of thing happening. Mm -hmm. Uh, but it does seem that like the official organizers of the event and a bunch of other prominent conservatives have generally condemned this kind of nonsense. Uh, but the, the funny thing about the, (laughs) the interview, uh, with Abby Phillips on CNN was that she immediately starts to say, well, you know, yeah, you're a prominent conservative. You have been for a number of years. Didn't you know that these horrible racists were a part of your party? Yeah, um, that's why they had him on. <laughs> There's literally some, that was it. In, somebody filmed something at some event in Arizona. Yeah. Like, it's not a news story, but they had him on just to <laughs> like lecture him about being a conservative. But it's yeah. a, he's a conservative influencer. He's been in the movement. for. I've never heard of this guy. I've, I've, I've heard of him. I'm I've never sure I've met him before. I'm not saying he's, he's not probably prominent. Been on I just, I've the never... chances of you having heard of an influencer despite having a 12-year-old daughter are not high. <laughs> yeah. Well, she's and not I, like, I don't Papa, know check out this gay kind of MAGA Iraq war veteran. <laughs> <laughs> Wait till she's 15. That's yeah. all I'm going to say. Oh, God. Oh, my God. <laughs> I think it might be just your daughter. Your daughter's like on the Andrew Tate tip. Language. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, anyway. language is right. Damn Let's right. Talk about, should we talk about normal? Things? Yeah, we don't have to talk about that anymore. I don't think there's no. anything anything there except no, it was it there. was the fun the fun moment in the interview though was when Rob says, "Yeah, I mean there are definitely conservative racists, uh, but we should probably talk about the fact that I am routinely 
um, called yeah. all sorts of racial slurs by people on the left. And if you're curious about this, you just go look at any YouTube video of me talking and check mm-hmm. out the comments. I'm sure and that's I'm, true. Yeah. I'm confident it's true because that kind of shit happens to me almost weekly, yeah. Yeah. sometimes daily, which and is not great. to go full whataboutism in the moment, but if we're looking around ourselves right now and saying, what are the actual, hey, violence might happen soon type of uh, confrontations mm. happening right now um, in the political Ooh. sphere. Is it a bunch of turning point like gay conservatives <laughs> pretending <laughs> to be homophobic? Maybe it no, is. No, you're, you're the one who's gay. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's literally you're chanting <laughs> gay sex. That's gay so, sex, gay so sex. Weird. I really hate like it. You want yeah, no, they don't even say that. They're just pointing out that's what they do. <laughs> that's all they right. said. Yeah. yeah. The baby, just, they really I, liked him. I think he's probably like, confused I about what's happening. If they said, like, I hate gay sex, yeah. then maybe I <laughs> it get it. It could have been a misunderstanding. It could have been a yeah. misunderstanding. Yeah. Yeah, maybe it was yeah. like, a, they're like huge fans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At the end of this, love will win. What do we that want? Gay sex. When do we want it? <laughs> kind of now, but like he's at an event. So maybe after, as soon as you're available, sir. As, as soon you. as you're done with this media hit with Abby Phillips, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so hot. Can, we I are wanna, off to a, a um, scorching hot start. This is... a hot start. I want to bring this to a slightly more serious place, but oh, is relevant. Oh. Well, we can make fun of these people too. Um, okay. It is relevant because mm. um, it has to do with Alec Baldwin. Um, oh yes. So Speaking I don't know cases. if you guys saw this, but mm-hmm. Alec Baldwin, who <laughs> invites trouble just because it's Alec Baldwin. I'm not even talking uh, about on film sets. I'm yeah. talking about just like parking. Yeah. And um, he uh, is walking by. And by, I just want to say this. I sat next to Alec Baldwin on my birthday this year. Did I tell you this? At a restaurant. There was nobody in the restaurant. It was myself, Alec Baldwin, and his wife. Hilaria. That was right. There was, and she didn't speak any English. Yeah, it no, was no, hilarious. No. They couldn't Wait, even communicate. You weren't with anyone? I was with somebody. That's no, not your business. You said it was just me, Alec Baldwin. No, it was me wife. and, and, and yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. A Iraq war veteran um, <laughs> <laughs> with a perm. And, don't ask, uh, don't tell. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so he was at this restaurant. There's not a lot of people in this restaurant. Yeah. And literally every waiter, um, everyone interacted with him. He had like these long conversations with, and I was like, wow, he's a really nice guy. He like looks, he's just like talking to everyone in these long and some guys walking out who's absolutely wasted and with his wasted wife. And they were sitting in the back of this and he sits down he's like, you know, I did a real estate deal with like a, a Billy Bull. And he's like, that's great. I'm going to talk to you. And like, he just talked to them. And I was like, I don't know. He seems like a pretty nice guy, despite the fact that I hate his politics. But anyway, so he's walking down um, the street in Manhattan, going somewhere. Mm. And there is one of these endless loony protests, um, these anti-Israel protests. And they confronted him. Oh. About, I'm not even sure what. It was a protester said, you're from Hollywood. What are you going to say Kaufman. about Israel's war crimes? <laughs> yeah. And he's like, I'm not going to say anything. Yeah. Uh, no, the <laughs> implication in the question was that, you know, Hollywood with what the Jews and so yeah. forth. Um, so what are you going to say? And he didn't, he didn't accept the premise of the question. No, he like went in. He just, I love, I love how angry he is. He just didn't give a fuck. And he went in. He went straight in. It wasn't like he was sort of walking back and letting the cops sort of like take things. He made no, a he beeline. He went like a beeline for this woman. And he was like, look here. And he, and he went full on. Do you know what I do to people? Do you know what I do? I've been on my face. 
<laughs> and they, they, they uh, yeah, that's my wife, Ilaria. She's from Palestine. And they, they, uh, <laughs> cops are like intervening and stuff. And so I'm looking at these fucking, you know, f- like you know, not the purple haired, but the purple faced protesters who are screaming with such vehemence uh, that their faces are turning like bluish purple. And to anyone in the street, anyone who walks by, and I realized something about this, and I talked to our friend Eli Lake today, um, and I mentioned this to him, and this is not in any way, don't misunderstand me, has anything to do with this idea of Zionism is racism and people who criticize Zionism or anti-Semites or any of that stuff. Just the people who are the anti-Zionist protesters, they really act like racists. And by this, I mean... Um, you know, when you're told for so long, given this kind of green light, that um, you're on the side of of uh, of the good people, you're on the side of the oppressed, and you as a non-white person, I mean, half these people who are, they, they could be Italians, it's they're non-white though, in this taxonomy of, of race, that you can't be racist, right? And this just, just is a fact, right? You say these things about white people all the time that white people can't say about black people, can't say about Hispanics or Asians and whatever. Um, so what I think what ends up happening is they start taking on the characteristics of a racist because they're told that they can't be a racist. And what happens with racists? They start painting with these very broad brushes, all of you people in Hollywood, all of you Zionists, all of you this, that they run up on random people in the street. Um, they're screaming at the top of their lungs. It like, these are the, I, I can imagine they're not thinking any of this stuff through. It's, it's just become like kind of theological at this point. It's just this religion. And I can, I'm like, God, you guys remind me of people in Birmingham on the streets. It doesn't matter if your cause is good or if it's bad. The way you talk about Zionists is this like, so I saw a video, I sent it to you guys. This woman's famous. I don't know who she is, but she has a, had a show on HBO or something. This um, woman, I sent you this clip. And she, this is the kind of thing where I was like, oh God, these guys are acting like racists. She was saying, to her 2.2 million um, Instagram followers, that Israelis are executing people in the streets, like on their knees, executing them. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. And then later that they're, you know, bulldozing humans in hospitals and everything. And of course, you look this stuff up and <laughs> it's just not true. But when you're willing to believe anything, and this is essentially what happened in the dehumanization of Jews in the 1930s, happened previously too. But it was like, you know, um, drinking the blood of Christian children. This is every one of these uh, uh, blood libels and pogroms, the Mendel Bellis affair, believing the most horrifying things about this group, which is what racists believe too, which is why you had all these charges um, of, of rape. It was always like white girls being defiled and raped. It just has the same stink to me. I'm not saying it's the exact same thing. I'm not saying that every parallel is right. But when you are taken out of that world, you're not, no one's going to sanction you for being a racist, right? That's when you see people talk about white people do this and white people like white women. And it's like, what are you talking about? This is literally what we spent many, many years when I was young trying to deprogram ourselves from believing that any one group of people has a set of characteristics. But when you start telling people that that's okay, then they start inhabiting all the other things too. That those people do these things. They start killing people in the streets. They start, you know, um, or organ harvesting. Look this up. There's so many people out there. There's a mainstream newspaper, the biggest newspaper in Scandinavia, did a story about is Israelis um, harvesting 
the organs of Palestinians. I mean, it's a classic blood libel. This was a number of years ago. But when you start taking a pot, like I look at these people and I'm like, they're so deranged by hatred that there's nobody in that group that you can have a conversation with. Imagine, so it's it's not hard to 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 put the shoe on the other foot, which is to say, if you go to Dearborn, Michigan, get out of your car, see someone wearing a keffiyeh or something mm-hmm. and say, what do you say, sir or yeah. madam, um, about fill in the blank yeah. Hamas atrocity? Not enough put them, condemning this. Put yeah. enough. Yeah. Uh, uh, put them on the spot, and uh, also in a, in a kind of threatening, um, yeah. uh, nearly violent way. Um, that's what's happening in New York right now on a daily basis. Um, uh, so people who look outwardly Jewish and they go to the Moynihan Train Hall, which is where, yeah, that's what um, happened, yeah. uh, they. I think yesterday, at various times, they shut down access to Moynihan Train Hall, which is the new Penn Station, um, uh, Grand Central, um, and uh, at least- and, They uh, must think it's named after me. And the Port, <laughs> port Authority as well. My uh, sad prediction, um, it makes me sad and it's sad in itself, is that um, the way that we're going right now, not only am I absolutely certain that we're going to see um, street protest violent death, in 2024, I'm I'm I would take any bet that that is going to happen. So like in we a saw one in a public in a public uh, yeah we saw someone the guy was pushed over or something hit his head yeah uh, more like even more direct like yeah, someone's yeah, going to hit someone with a car someone's yeah. going to get in a fight and die um it's not gonna you mean be, like the Charlottesville kind of thing yes yeah. at, at minimum uh, Charlottesville uh, there's going to be a knife fight I mean I right now the amount of uh, toleration in New York and LA and uh, in I'm sure in some other places as well, but I'm just talking about the last two places in which my travels were delayed by these assholes. Um, if you're going to let people block bridges and block access to uh, airports and train stations um, uh, over a political protest and, and absolutely shout down anyone who is visibly Jewish, mm-hmm. right? Eli Wazel's son, like is walking around with his flag in his backpack because he's just waiting for this to happen. Yeah. And so he was in Moynihan train stall, uh, train hall yesterday and put it on and it just, they beelined for him. Um, and so all these guys uh, kind but of- But that's a, a national flag yeah. that to them is a Nazi flag. It's a provocation. It's a provocation. It's a Nazi flag to, 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 and this is the thing when you start changing the language and we can move on to, you know, sort of all the other crazy stuff that's happening in America too, but- when you change the language, this reminds me a lot of the January 6th stuff in one way, that we had this conversation a long time ago that when you are so deranged that you believe that the government has been taken over by the Chinese and the Venezuelans and people who are stealing votes, um, that it makes perfect sense to go to Capitol Hill and try to stop the transfer of power because you actually believe you're so deluded that you believe that some massive fraud has taken place that nobody else has figured out except for you on your laptop in the middle of nowhere and in the basement. And so I, I, this is not in any way, I mean, it's the opposite of that, of excusing the behavior, but it's like, if you're trying to understand what's motivating them, they believe the government is held on. If you start from an insane belief and then some traumatic shock happens, That's what we're seeing. I mean, like, look at this is and what I mean here is that the, is that the when you have a number of the people on the the um, 
a bit foxy, but on the, cause I mean, they got the dominion stuff and they were sued, but, um, the other, the other channels, the other weird kind of Bannonite stuff. And when you start hearing that all the time, you start believing it. And when you are talking about genocide, that genocide, 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 and the numbers keep going up and going up despite, even if nothing's happening, the numbers are going up because it's effective and, and, you know, and again, not to in any way say that that's not happening, but I don't know how true these, but they keep saying this is the worst thing that's ever happened. Chris Hayes, you sent a clip um, of saying that like, there's nothing that can ever justify what's happening in Gaza now, which is a very hard thing to judge from, from New York city, which is why I try not to make too many judgments about it. But um, when you believe that that is a genocide, when you believe that there is a project to wipe out the Palestinian people, I mean, does it, does it surprise anyone that people take, incredibly desperate and ex not desperate of extreme measures. It's they believe that stuff and there's no way of, of countering it because it's become so irrational that you can't have conversations with these people. It makes me um, have more respect for um, the uh, many long arguments that we watched our friend Noam Dorman from the comedy cellar have. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, Michael, when uh, you and I went on the Israel uh, junket a year ago, uh, Noam and I'm not talking out of school at all, um, would be usually sitting with Jesse single in the bus and Noam small and Jesse's not. And, uh, and, uh, <laughs> Noam's like, well, what, what do you, what, what do you mean about, uh, the, the, you, you can't be serious when you say that Israel is an apartheid state. You can't possibly mean that. Right. And then Jesse's like, I don't know. and, uh, and it would kind of go on. <laughs> <laughs> so the Jesse impression is great. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I don't know. On. I don't know if it's a sad hard time. I'm just saying, oh David. Um, uh, Sorry, Jesse. There we go. <laughs> hey, Jesse, how are you doing? I don't know. I'm in West Bank. Jeez. Oh, I'm joking. I'm making fun of Matt. I love Jesse. I know. I know. Jesse's uh, a brilliant person. I wish I was as smart as Jesse. Gnome's point back then, which escaped me now, but now it makes, or escaped me then, but uh, I get it now, which is to say, if everyone's baseline definition of Gaza is that it's occupied when it wasn't, uh, is that it's an apartheid state or which, an open air prison or, or an open air prisons or, or a concentration camp in the Norm yeah. Finkelstein uh, 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 formulation. No one was saying, like, if people believe that now. Um, that's really bad. That's a bad starting point from it where is, they're going yeah. to go, yeah. because what happens and he didn't say that then. But what happens when there's a stressful moment, which there is now? And so that's the baseline. So everything else, Israel's response must be, I don't know, double genocide, yeah. right? So people are losing their ever-loving minds. Uh, the problem is when they're expressing their losing of these minds in an atmosphere where apparently, according to one of our uh, good uh, NYPD uh, cop uh, listeners, um, there's been kind of a standing order in New York from 2014. So thank you, Bill de Blasio. I presume he was uh, mayor by then. Um that uh, uh, not to really harass people who block, I don't know, bridges in and out of Manhattan, yeah. Yeah. Um, then uh, what are people going to do? They're going to just going to keep doing it mm -hmm. and they're doing it in a way. And they, if they see someone they can assign collective guilt to, um, if they can block things physically, uh, we're just going to see violent um, confrontations. And we're doing this against an atmosphere. And this is an invitation to pivot. Um, uh, where the politics, the presidential politics yeah. are getting so fucking life and death and stupid yeah. and so, so bloody stupid, self-ownedly stupid in America. And we're 11 months out. I mean, like 
Donald Trump. I want to take bets on this. I want to. I want to become really rich off of this. Yeah. Because I want to take bets of all of the people, all of the Robert Kagans, um, Ann Applebaum's, et cetera, people who I respect in certain ways. Um, I think they've gone a little off the off the reservation um, when it comes to this stuff. But I want to take bets on all the people who say that democracy is ending and will end and that Trump will be a dictator, that you have to pay out when that doesn't happen because there's really no sanction for people saying this and getting everyone so worked up and getting everyone crazy. And you realize, and let's, we can talk about this ruling in Colorado, but you realize the one thing about this ruling is that we have now established that no matter what happens, one side is going to declare the election illegitimate. If Donald, if this is upheld by the Supreme Court, which I don't believe it will be, but if it is upheld, Donald Trump has a case to make that he is being attacked in a lawfare kind of way and that the election is therefore illegitimate. If it is shot down by the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court, which, you know, the ones who overturned Roe and who are six to three fascists. Run by uh, yeah. Harlan Crow. Yeah, run by Harlan Crow and, <laughs> uh, you know, Clarence Thomas, who's taking gifts and that, this, that and the other. I think ProPublica, by the way, you need some more articles about that because I, yeah, I feel like they haven't they, done they enough. Think, they think that they're going to get him soon enough. I mean, Clarence Thomas will be breathing his last breath and they'll be like, you know, prepping another piece for a publication. But th- when when that happens and the court does that, then you obviously are going to have people on the other side saying, that this is an illegitimate election because it was uh, this very reasonable decision was shot down by a right wing court and we need to pack the court or we need to do something mm-hmm. to dissolve this court. So either way, after this ruling, I think that everyone's kind of mentally screwed. Everyone's going to be kind of crazy about this for different reasons. But it just strikes me. And I wanted to ask you guys, because we haven't talked about this really. I mean, had a, a bit of a yeah, bit, text, bit of text back and forth. But the ruling, I agree with our our dear friend, uh, Peter Meyer, who has a very good piece in the free press today about this. And Peter Meyer, as he points out in the piece, was one of 10 Republicans in the House uh, to vote to impeach Donald Trump, is no fan of Donald Trump's, um, quite the opposite. And because of that vote, as he again points out, he was primaried and lost the primary and then the Republicans lost that seat. <sighs> typical. Um, but I think he, he makes a case that this is a uh, very, very wrong headed. Um, what do you guys think? I think it's wrong. I mean, at, at a minimum, at a minimum, this is certainly very novel. Um, and I was, okay. I've been taking a look back at this and we've certainly known that these cases were around for a while, almost mm-hmm. immediately, um, after January 6th, 2021, we saw, um, people begin to talk openly about whether or not, uh, Trump's involvement um, in January 6th and I guess his broader conduct related to the election might in some way, shape or form be disqualifying if it constituted a, a breach of the Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. Um, and there are legitimate questions about that, but thus far, none of those cases had resulted in a decision yet. Uh, in fact, there were some cases that were dismissed, other cases that were voluntarily wrapped up by the people who were um, actually trying to to get this case tried. Um, mm-hmm. And it seems to me that if the argument is that Donald Trump, in insisting on all sorts of, and this is the, the best possible way I could phrase this, novel interpretations of the law in order to justify mm-hmm. <laughs> some sort of strange 
uh, legal procedures in order to get the election result thrown out or to allow him to stay in office, if his doing that is generally bad and frowned upon, it seems that pursuing some exceptionally novel legal strategy in order to ensure that he can't run for office I think like novel um, is probably not is probably not the best <laughs> thing to do. Well. And doing it in a place like Colorado or in California, as I think it's the Michigan. lieutenant governor yeah. um, who sent a letter today, and maybe there are other places where lieutenant governors are also sending letters. Um, is but the, in California they're advocating for the same thing. I mean, there's very little chance that Donald Trump wins California or Colorado for that matter. Colorado's um, more of an open. It's uh, more open. Although he's lost it twice, still, right? Yeah. He's lost it the last two yeah. times. Yeah. Um. So it just seems like taking a step like this, especially during a week when there's been so much vociferous criticism of Donald Trump for coming out and talking about Vladimir Putin, um, and other dictators and insisting that they have kind of have a point when they criticize the Biden administration and the various other members of the 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 political establishment who have been criticizing Donald Trump um, and the legal, the justice system in the United States where Donald Trump is facing a bunch of different prosecutions. This has been characterized by Putin and Trump as political prosecution, um, persecution, um, politically motivated prosecution. Uh, Does it actually look like that? I mean, I mean, it's harder to say that 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 some of this doesn't look like that. Yeah, you know? but I mean, it is though, right? I mean, some, it, some it, of it, some of it is for and sure. And I separate that maybe, from whether maybe, or not it's maybe justified. all of it is. But there's some legitimacy to some of these cases as well. I mean, like the, the oh, for sure. dishonesty no, no, no. about his business dealings, etc. Yeah, 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 of course. Like yeah, the, yeah. the 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 phony applications um, with respect to financing and lying about his net worth it does seem like he lied about those things, and he opened mm-hmm. himself up to some vulnerability. But Didn't I'm, he at pay a minimum, the banks back though? like that looks a bit dubious. <laughs> he, he may have paid them back, or at least they didn't lose anything. But either way, it's lying on your contract so you know his yeah, but the cre- sloppiness the and is, misconduct and dishonesty like yeah. leads to this outcome but you would expect one to be a little bit sensitive to some of these assertions that hey this looks really dodgy this looks like a political corruption i mean what do you think it looks like in colorado certainly doesn't look like it's all above board and it's a four to three ruling in a uh 100 democratic appointed yeah, everyone um, judiciary mm-hmm. yeah. um and uh, as you were alluding to, Camille, other courts and other states and jurisdictions have come to uh, opposite conclusions mm-hmm. about this. I went looking for people who I uh, normally find myself agreeing with um, who were applauding this mm-hmm. to because my initial instinct was like both of yours. Like this is – it seems sort of self-evidently um, – uh, a political like exploding cigar. Like Mm -hmm. you are going to immediately make people on the Republican party flock to uh, Donald Trump's defense, including his competitors. Um, Most of them have in different ways. Vivek Ramaswamy, of course, immediately saying that he, that uh, he's withdrawing or he would withdraw his name from the Colorado ballot. And he demands everyone else does the same. I think only Ron DeSantis had always demanding things. Yeah. He's very demanding. demanding Um, uh, And, and also that, you know, this is uh, pretty likely to be uh, struck down by the Supreme Court in an expedited fashion. So what were you even kind of doing? Um, That's my thing. So let's go and read people um, who I have respected uh, and still respect, but I might disagree with on this. So I went to Ilya Soman, um, 
who writes for the Volat Conspiracy. I think he's George mm-hmm. Mason, right, uh, mm-hmm. professor. Um, he is, I agree with him more than Ilya Shapiro, if we're going for the law prof <laughs> Ilya's uh, in general. No disrespect to Mr. Shapiro, uh, former guest. Um, Ilya Soman was one of the people who was popularizing this uh, uh, kind of uh, theory of the 14th Amendment and how it might apply. Um, very, 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 very anti-Trump. I would describe myself that way too, um, maybe with a one or two less, uh, fewer uh, uh, varies. Um, but yeah, um, I mean, so, you love you love the racism. That's what you love. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love the humor. It's your favorite. favorite. <laughs> funny. So yes, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so he's going through. Uh, this is his early reaction. This is over at the Volat Conspiracy, which is published by Reason.com, um, mm-hmm. and says um, talking about the very crucial part about the sort of insurrection, right? Like you have to base this ruling on that Donald Trump. Uh, gave uh, um, important aid and comfort and engaged in um, an insurrection or an attempt at insurrection. Yeah. (coughs) Ilya says, I think it's fairly obvious that the January 6th attack on the Capitol amounts to an insurrection. Oh. Um, uh, And then he kind of like just moves on. We don't need to rely on much broader <laughs> definitions advocated by some legal sc- scholars. And then just to tra la 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 la. It's like, no. That's not. This is a consequential. Yeah. This is, fine. no, it's actually I consequential. Think. Was it an insurrection? Was it an attempted insurrection? I, I mean, yeah. what percentage of legal cases uh, revolve around definitions? Of All like, of them. Almost yeah. everyone. Right? Yeah. There's a definitional <laughs> thing on everyone. You have to come to those definitions. I'm not a lawyer, but it yeah. seems to me determining whether something is an insurrection or not when Donald Trump has not been um, charged and convicted with such a thing, um, if if he was charged and convicted, this would be a no-brainer. I would I would have, you know— there would, I mean, there wouldn't be as as would be a no brainer across multiple states. Yes. It wouldn't be just a, a, a you know mean and, thing. You know, there are January six related prosecutions that are working their way through the courts, and their conclusion of which might lead to this being a strong case. The case as it exists right now depends on a state court deciding, yeah, that was an insurrection, and yeah, he kind of did it, so that's why he's disqualified. Um, I think it's it's not an open and shut case of whether no. this was an attempted insurrection. Also, when you tie to January 6th, too, <clears throat> this is not, this is stuff we were talking about in our text thread. I'm not talking about the Mike Pence stuff. This is what you do, Mike Pence. And and if you don't, I mean, you also, what is the threat there, by the way? If, if you don't do this, then what? I mean, yeah. we lost, it's all over. Yeah. Then I'm going to grab a rifle, I guess. But then tie, I'm going to go into even, a tent even, even and watch mic. people on C-SPAN. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. tying in a legal way, tying him to what happened on January 6th is quite easy in the broad sense. To say that he was the leader, the architect, the field marshal that is moving these people around and telling them what to do is, is would be you next d- to impossible. You don't have to do that according to the case. You have to say that he was aiding and abetting um, an insurrection. Was it an insurrection? They absolutely did a riot on Capitol Hill, and I'm sure the rioters, of whom 880-some-odd, have already been convicted of crimes, Mm -hmm. uh, and they weren't all uh, uh, federal agents, uh, contra (laughs) Tucker Carlson and Vivek Ramaswamy, who are absolutely full of horseshit about this. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, uh, they went there, and I'm sure they hoped to do uh, something. Um, Did they have a plan 
to make the certification of the election not happen? And is that what went down on no, January 6th? No. Um, no, I think they were, so many of the people that I've seen interviewed, there was one that I sent you guys, the guy with his face painted red, who used to run around Bush Stadium or something. Was it the Cardinals guy? Did you see yeah, this dude? Yeah, 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 yeah. And he was um, arrested uh, recently, I think, and has been charged. And the interview with him was really something else. Yeah. It, it, he sounded like he had a massive head wound. Yes, he seriously, was, seriously. I'm sorry to say, but he was like, there's something wrong with this guy. Yeah. And then I see uh, this, Camille this said, is the guy. This is the guy Tucker Carlson said was likely was a, was a federal, federal agent. agent. I was yeah. like, no, he's just a fucking moron. I mean, that's <laughs> why sometimes Occam's razor is on moron. <laughs> but um, there's also, what's the guy who does the, the, those very funny videos? You sent the one about the, the, um, the shaman. Yeah, uh, dude, oh yeah, got the dude from uh, Channel Five. The Channel Five. Guy. What's his, his yeah. name? He, he had a show on HBO and he got canceled like the same I day. I cannot right? remember his name right now. But anyway, he does a funny thing and like the Q Anon shaman. He goes and meets him. He's the first, I think, person who has actually interviewed him. And the guy's very funny. Uh, not the Q Anon shaman. The guy who's hosting is very funny. And he's like, I need to do this uh, ritual mm -hmm. uh, before we do an interview. And it is so deranged. And he's mm -hmm. also talking about how he's Cherokee. But yeah. like he's clearly not, you know, he's praising <laughs> Native Americans and like how he's one, and he's clearly yeah. not. And he's so proud. And, and he's, he's so proud, so proud of, of his people and, because and of their blood. heroism. It's the because same. Hero yeah, it's yeah. like I thought this guy was some fascist, um, but <laughs> he's so demented. And this is the case with a lot of these people. They're just like I, I don't. That's the insurrection thing. Is like maybe you wanted to do that. Maybe that was like in your kind of fantasy the previous night that you would be heroically, you know, arresting mm -hmm. uh, people in the Democratic caucus and, and pushing them into the back of vans. But you were just like kind of like mentally ill and yeah. you're wandering around screaming and attacking the police and throwing Rick uh, bricks through windows and stuff. I mean, it's all, when you go and revisit that footage, it's all really horrible. You see how horrible these people are. It's awful. It's really terrible. But then, you know... It, the terrible things that and this is of of course I'm speaking very broadly here. I'm just examples of all the stuff. Yeah, is that the terrible things that Trump says and does? Let's just take them on the merits and talk about them as they come at you, rather than taking the things that he knows he's doing this on purpose. And you guys are like, okay, we have a we have a morning we have a morning Joe. We have the entire schedule because he said to um, what's his name, the dummy on on Fox who throws the football. Sean, <laughs> Sean Hannity. Hannity. He's like, are you going to be a dictator? And he's like, day one, just that, that's it, day one. And then he says things that dictators don't do. He's going to like, what was it like? He's going to, you know, an executive order about drilling or something. And, and like, and then close down the border. And that's executive order number two. Not dictatorship stuff. And everyone, like he knows exactly what he's doing. He says this in, in the high, and he's like, I can dominate this media cycle. And my people will laugh at these guys you know, Joe and Mika going, I can't believe this. I it's like the people who helped shepherd Donald Trump into the White House. He did it this week with. Uh, he does this on purpose. He, he talked about how immigration is poisoning the blood. Mm -hmm. Joe Biden responded by saying that's just like Hitler. And then he said it again. And then he said it again and Which said. Which he never would have done. Uh, said it again and then said like, uh, look, uh, uh, I could read Mein Kampf. I, I yeah. have it. So he like mentions oh, Mein he Kampf exactly in the very thing. next thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the, the new cycle perpetuates. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is that, that all of this stuff, and this is the January 6th stuff, is that all of it's bad enough. 
And you need to sort of perpetuate this endless cable news cycle that these people will be totally forgotten about in 10 years. I think, I mean, I hope that's true because I go back and I've been, I've been in sort of thirties and forties extremism and this thing that I'm writing now. And these people who are big names and everyone debated them, talked about them, denounced them. And then the war came, the war ended and they all died in obscurity. And I wonder if these people that have just like, made uh, someone as an example, give us like Ellie Mistal or these people that right, are right. just that, you know, Ruth Ben God, whatever her name is, yeah. these people who have just changed their lives and been historians or writers and become the Trump people that oh, it's 8am. I got to get up. I got to go hyperventilate about Trump. on TV, <laughs> And it's like, they have no idea. I don't think as they think they're so righteous about this stuff um, that they are, helping Donald Trump more than they're hurting him. I mean, it just the, seems obvious to me that they are. I think that they're, everyone's the, against me. These are the people. There's right? a line to delineate. Well, just put it this way. Like the people who have been saying for a long time that Trump is the greatest threat to democracy are the people who tend to find even the most thoughtful ones. Ilya Soman, Jonathan Rauch would be another example. Walter Olson, who's also uh, in favor of, from what I understand, of this Colorado r- ruling, um, are finding themselves to find torturous legal reasoning to support ways to take democracy out kind of, of equation. out of the equation <laughs> to protect democracy. Yeah, yeah. they sh- anything to save democracy, Matt Welch. What what don't you understand? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I. You have to pack the Supreme Court to save the Supreme Court. I've been trying to say this for so long now. Like, like, look, we we deserve Donald Trump in this country. Yeah, um, it's appalling to me that Republicans are most likely going to support him for president. That's just where they are. Um, this there's something about us. Um, Jack Schaefer has a great column out just today. We're recording this on. I don't even know what date it is, it's uh, but certainly on that day, Wednesday. <laughs> just Wednesday, out today 20th. yeah uh uh talking about and it's very righteous about how like uh you know everyone's been trying for a year and a half even longer to come up with like some secret explanation for why joe biden is so puzzlingly unpopular and mm. basically to paraphrase he's like bitch he's never been popular yeah <laughs> never once been popular yeah. ever we've he got was a very, lot of he was very briefly more popular than the other guy who's really unpopular yeah that's uh, it it yeah. is very brief and yeah. it didn't really uh go that well that's that's where it is so uh like like in these we could let democracy work itself out a little bit here um with you know not necessarily doing the rich Lowry thing where he was quoted recently saying like, I'm voting for, I, you know, I support Trump again because you know, if he does the dictator stuff, the institutions will hold. That is such a pussy take rich Lowry. Like if you think someone is going to put enough stress on the institutions of liberalism in America, that we got to have the institutions to withstand him. Don't vote for him. Don't back him. He's bad. Like conservatism much. What are you doing? But don't, Take, don't wipe out the democratic tools. Don't find some fancy new legalism to short circuit all of this because you're so terrified because what you're doing is so obviously going to be used by the other side to flock to him even more. But isn't, isn't so the, bass backwards? I, I think a lot of this 
is people on the anti-Trump side who have determined that the American voter, not just Trump voters, American voters in general are stupid, right? That's what they think. After 2016, this was very clear. People said this in, in so many ways when they were talking about Trump voters. But they realize that there's those Trump voters who voted for Joe Biden. I mean, voted for, for, for Barack Obama, that there's these people in the middle there that will vote for Trump. And they're, in their minds, the dumbest people on the planet. I mean, I've heard people say this in private. I've seen them say it in public, too. And so what happens? You start trying to appeal to the most base emotions that democracy is over, Right. I mean, there's some troubling things. There's always some troubling things. You mm -hmm. know, Richard Nixon was was deeply troubling in some ways, particularly when all the tapes came out. And you're like, oh, God, he's talking about bombing the Brookings Institution. This is not good. <laughs> um, you know, overthrowing governments, et cetera. Hey, but, what, but this kind of sense now that there's, it's so bad that we have to produce, you know, endless hours of television, endless um, late night comedy jokes about how democracy is going to end. It removes something important, and they don't believe people are capable of having the conversation about policy. Donald Trump is a bad candidate on almost every level, but most exclusively on policy. His policy sucks. It has sucked. He's not implemented the stuff that he said he was going to do in the first term. He, I mean, even from the, the really, really desantis -y type end, uh, they attack him for, for like giving Fauci a medal. Uh, not wrong. It's true. Um, they attack him for, for those things. I would attack him for, we talk about inflation. I mean, who started that ball rolling? Mm -hmm. Donald Trump. Who loves spending more than anyone? Donald Trump. Who loves, uh, you know, don't touch Social Security, even if it's going to go bankrupt? Donald Trump. Bullshit industrial policy. Bullshit industrial mm -hmm. policy. Who's going who's gonna, to, you know, you know uh, make sure that trade is fair. Um, and then, of course, puts tariffs on people, makes uh, things that more expensive for Americans and does nothing for uh, American jobs, literally nothing. If you look There's at all the data on this, so that stuff is so easy yeah. to attack him on. But you know what? When you're a bunch of people sitting in an MSNBC studio who think the American people are morons, you just say, well, let me just say that they're gonna, he's going to take away all your freedom rather than just saying he's a bad candidate for other reasons. Well, I These mean, people don't have any confidence in the voters. They don't. Oh my God, no, no confidence in them whatsoever. And for all of the... the, the for all of the lip service given to concern about democracy, if there was any of that, they would be looking to try and cultivate some bipartisan, some universal respect for the process, which has been degraded over the course of decades now. Like most Americans of either party disagree vehemently with the, the outcome of an election and plenty of people insist that, oh, then there must have been some sort of theft. There must have been some sort of shenanigans. This has just become part of our, our uh, culture at this point. And rather mm -hmm. than trying to ensure that people have actual faith in the system, that they believe that their vote matters, um, some, some sort of bipartisan effort to try and build up some confidence about this, um, people on the left and the right have taken almost every opportunity, it seems, um, to, 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 to try to engender more um, more uh, dissatisfaction with the process. And it just seems to me that this, this particular scheme here um, is just the latest example of it, of a vain, like kind of preposterous um, attempt to signal uh, a particular thing. It can't be the belief of any of these people that keeping Donald Trump off of the, the ballot 
in Colorado or California, for example, is likely to actually yield uh, a, a beneficial outcome to them in terms of ensuring he doesn't win. Because that's not no, you know, no, 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 no. It's ridiculous. I don't, it's, I don't think that's. I don't think that's fair, Camille. I think. I think that the hope is that if it starts in Colorado, um, mm-hmm. uh, maybe in Colorado, you know, it's purple state at this point. Um, but then if it goes to Michigan, then <laughs> maybe it can cascade itself into Pennsylvania. And then now we're starting to talk like it could have a real effect. I think people do it just have the other effect. It'll have the opposite effect that they expect. <laughs> well, I, I mean, and this is where it kind of gets back to street violence to me. And the worry about it is that if you are really going to get to the point where you're going to legalize your way, you're going to find a politically backed um, set of judges um, in some states to change the course of, uh, of an election, um, you're going to have uh, many, many scores of millions of deeply unhappy voters who are going to think forever, mm-hmm. forever yeah. that the system was rigged against them. And they're going to be right. <laughs> I mean, uh, it's, that's yeah, not it's good. Just, they won't think it. They'll know it. They'll have seen tangible evidence of you trying to, to nudge the election in one way or the other because you don't trust that people will vote in a responsible way. Like once, once I mean, that if, happens, if, you just if, try to take yeah. the vote away from them. I have which to say, the, peop- the wrong sign, it seems to me. At least wrong I, signal to try to send. I, if I mean, I've seen a lot of conservatives say um, the violence thing is that what happens when a ruling like this comes down, and if it was rejected by the Supreme Court, if it was ruled uh, the Supreme Court in f- ruled in favor of the Colorado court, then we'd have street violence. And this should give us pause. I don't think it should give us pause. Actually, I, I, yeah, I don't think the violence part is yeah, should affect this the judging at all. Exactly, and I've and I've heard a little too much of this today. Of that, you know, this is what happens. I mean, but if it's the correct ruling, it's the correct ruling. I mean, violent scumbags be damned. Yeah, and I think that even if this ruling does happen, anyone mm-hmm. who sure. decides to participate in something that is even encroaching a you know passing the border of violence in any way um, needs to be condemned and be sent home and be put in jail. But, but I don't think that, I mean, you can peacefully protest this stuff, but I have seen a lot of people say like, you know, look what's going to happen. Violence, violence. It's like, well, yeah, so what? I mean, if this was the correct ruling, which I don't believe it was. Um, and by the way, what I will say, I think that, that this will, um, if this could ever happen, I don't think it will to shut down all of the conversation about this. And again, mm-hmm. I don't think it will would be a nine nothing opinion from the Supreme Court. Um, hmm. Is it possible so that it's not 6-3? Is it possible that it's 5-4? Is it possible that it's 7-2? I mean, what the, possibility, the, the possibilities of nine justices saying, look, the basic principle here is you're, you're saying a guy who was president can no, not run, cannot be on the ballot of this state, which as you say, Matt will cascade to other states, because he is an insurrectionist, despite the fact that he has not been convicted as such, and he should be convicted as such. I mean, you cannot make that determination on your own. He should have the opportunity to present evidence, counter evidence, and make this argument in court. And if that doesn't happen, um, I mean, I, I, one would hope that a number of justices would come to the conclusion, nine of them. But then again, people, as you point out, that I have a lot of respect for. Uh, John Roush, uh, Ilya Thoman, um, um, Walter Olson, which really surprised me. I think Walter is brilliant. 
Um, if they're on this side, then I suspect that's probably not going to happen, right? Important context that we haven't uh, talked about on the podcast, just to quickly put it in. Um, I think it was last week that we saw that polling going around about Donald Trump um, beating Biden in seven different swing states uh, in mm -hmm. polling. And obviously, it's very early at this point. It's a Bloomberg morning consult um, polls um, yeah. for the general election. And I mean, this we're talking Wisconsin, Georgia, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Nevada, North Carolina, and Arizona. Um, Trump plus something like four in almost all of those states. I think it's 2% in, uh, in Pennsylvania. Like that's, that's a pretty big deal. And again, just shenanigans like this are probably not going to cut it if you actually want to win. If people actually care about making sure Donald Trump doesn't win, the thing that Democrats probably ought to focus on is the fact that they have a candidate who is just not particularly good. And they've been here before multiple times now where they're running these candidates for office who seem unlikely to win because they're not particularly well-liked. You can't do better than that. Mm. You can't. It just seems like a mistake. That's probably in, where you should focus your firepower. In fact, you can't. Um, and, and again, you know, we don't know. This is just like, I don't know how many people had this on their bingo card of, of something that was going to be the domestic news driver this week. Think of how many landmines there are in Donald Trump legal cases in 2024. Mm. So it's going to be a really hectic week. And you can, you know, immediately see the entire staff of the Atlantic magazine has just been going into overdrive. Why this is a fantastic decision. Um, they're ready to go. They just had their big, um, this is what's going to happen in Trump's uh, second term. Um, and the intro to it was all just like it, we know it's going to be uh, much, much worse. And, you know, this is the, uh, this would be the dividing line, the rip in the fabric that we could never reverse and go back from again. Um, that wasn't in, in the intro wasn't just sort of in a, a, a summational thing that may be true. And I think that there is a, there is a great journalistic use in trying to concretize what that, uh, might look like. And I have mm. my own worries and fears about it. Um, but if you, in that process, jump on and like, just like grab onto every little bobbing piece of wood in a stream that might get you there, people are going to stop believing you. Right. They're going to say, look, I think that you are taking you're looking for any opportunity and any shortcut to get to your desired place, which is that he can't win um, when he can't actually or he hasn't been able to actually win very much. When, you, whenever Trump yeah. has fingerprints on an election. Those fingerprints lose. <laughs> they're his. They're for the people that he supports and all of this. And it's and he's going he's on trial in four different fucking cases next year. Um, and these polls that are 11 months out, I invite everybody to look at every poll in every presidential race 11 months out and judge it next to what actually ended up happening in the general election poll. They're silly um, They're They tell you information and Democrats should be worried. And that information is that Joe Biden sucks as a candidate, because he's old and he's never been popular. Um, and we're living in a, a turmoil filled moment right now. And it gives people the heebie jeebies. And also, have you looked at his vice president? My God, we would have probably almost definitely a, a president Kamala Harris if he wins. Um, so like everyone get excited about that. Um, so instead of all of that, we're going to try to short circuit it. No, like, uh, like it's, the, one of the things when you see these um, stories like The Atlantic uh, talking about this is the rip in the fabric of American democracy that cannot be stitched back together. 
um, in this term is the one that's going to do it. I mean, despite the fact that now we have four plus years of experience with Donald Trump and you actually know in, in, in an easier and better way how to handle it. He's also an old guy too. I'm, you know, he's not going to make it that much longer. I mean, he eats like a disgusting monster <laughs> and says he's, I mean, his brain is there. I'm not sure that the rest of his body is there, but is it? the thing that people are not <laughs> saying is penis. That's one. Uh, he can't see it. It's yeah. he's got the, the hamburglar got there. Um, but the thing that is interesting about Donald Trump's first term is the number of people who turned on him from within the administration. Mm. Right? Per, per month. It, 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 yeah. It's insane. <laughs> what would you put the percentage at? Uh, 40. I would say yeah. 40. Is it, is it and I have it higher. It's higher. I, I would say, yeah. No, no. I would say 40 that were vocal about it. Um, hmm. And then, I mean, all the quote unquote generals, that's what the people yeah. are at. at you know, <laughs> Can you imagine the generals in a second the Trump generals. White House? I Good mean, Lord. who are you going to get? It's just, it's, it's like, surgeon generals. It, it's going to be like Mike Flynn's like brother, like yeah. Johnny Flynn, like Scotty. Scotty Flynn. Like, what are you talking about? Let's invade fucking wherever. <laughs> no, this, the number of people that, how many people have, have done that in Biden's administration? A bunch of kids that walked out and said, well, I'm not going to sign my actual name, but I'm going to say, well, I'm very upset about this Israel policy. Um, you're there at the pleasure and the discretion of the president to actually carry out his policy, despite the fact that you're 23, you're not going to do anything. But going out there, that's a very rare thing that that happens. And that is a one-off thing because of the Israel stuff. But that's not very common in administrations. I can think of a few people in like the Reagan administration, a few people in the Bush administration um, that that did that. There's usually one or two high profile people in it's the like first O'Neill term. O'Neill and Bush in the first David year. David Stockman. David Stockman was the biggest one for Reagan. Yeah, yeah, and he went a bit crazy. And it was actually in the Atlantic, by the way. Do you remember he wrote that piece yeah. in the Atlantic? He said this this cannot hold. And it was um, there was first O'Neill and who else in the Bush administration? A few others, but not a ton. Donald Trump has fifty percent of his staff always. Like, you know, in open revolt. I mean, the number of people that, who was the, the hot babe that um, w was one of his advisors? Do you remember this woman? She got, oh, yeah. Somebody's, yeah. somebody listener is like, yeah, you dummies. It's so and so. She's a very nice mane of hair. Yeah. I just, I thought of her the other day because she's really hot. <laughs> yeah. I just thought of her. I was like, she, the, the hot babe. What's your name? Every listener is like, dude, you know who it is. I don't know. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm looking for a search term. Trump Trump hot babe's doing hot advisor. Babe. Yeah. Hot babe. Trump, Trump advisor. hot babe. Yeah, yeah. Hold on. Hold on. Mm. Shut it. Hope Hicks. Oh. First thing that comes up. <laughs> Literally mute the first my, thing that comes up. I Googled mic. hot oh, babe yeah. Trump advisor <laughs> and Hope Hicks came up. And, <laughs> and, hot and hope. Yeah. That's what uh, that, it is. But none of these people. Oh, that's yeah. like, Hope Hicks. He went straight for it. It was a Google image search. No, no. It was, it was, I'm going to like, like she has amazing let me, hair. Let me look at that. That was when she was there. Oh yeah, she yeah. Was, she yeah, she hadn't had a glamorous situation. Yeah, I'm talking about for Trump. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's like a pretty banging. That's no Kimberly Guilfoyle situation. No, no, no. There's no <laughs> like the Batman returns. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah, my god, not at all. Um, oh, from gosh. Gavin to Gotham, it's just <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Hope Hicks, though, man. Episode time. Oh, What's man. up, girl? Um, yeah, okay, I'll put that in the episode. Yeah. What is but, Hope, um, Hope Hicks up here? But Hope, Hope Hicks, Hicks like, she, even email. she like Hope kind Hicks. of turned on him too. Yeah. And yeah. They all denounce him. So what you need for, to tear at that fabric of democracy, a bunch of people that will help you do it. And Donald Trump, his vice president was like, dude, fuck you. 
Are you insane? Yeah. Like you, it's not even just the guardrails of American democracy. You need other people to help you out. It's like there's well, only the, so many Sebastian Corcus. The theory is that um, the next round of people, that, yeah, I know, you know, the last people that are around that will say yes, they will never turn on them because they're all like su- super crazy. I mean, no, Rudy, but there's more of a there's more of a reason to turn him. Is this last just turn, turn into a, a curb your enthusiasm character? Yeah, No, but that, 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 you're not afraid of Trump anymore, right? It's his last. He, he can do one more term. It's and just going to be Vice President Marjorie Taylor Greene. Oh, the best. That's doing squats <laughs> in the in, up at the Naval Observatory, cheating on her husband at the Naval Observatory. Oh, no, was that her? Oh, she did too, right? Didn't she cheat? I've had half a bottle of this wine that I'm listening to. <laughs> it is so great. I want to tout. Should we tout this wine? Absolutely. Yeah. We, we don't do ads, so we'll do an ad for this. Well, we've done ads like appreciations yeah, like, of like Chattanooga whiskey before. Yeah, that one's great. And, and this is the yeah. Kanzler Winery. Kanzler, which is the German river chancellor. Um, I don't know if that's on purpose. But. We're drinking the Rosé of Pinot Noir, Russian River Valley, 2022. And K-A-N-Z-L-E-R. It's really good. It's Kanzler. really good. They're from Sebastopol. And they also have uh, on their website a really nice looking sort of like the place Russian? that you could stay. Kanzler? Sebastopol in California. 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 Oh, that's right. I forgot your shitty state. Yeah, like Camille, you're close. You should go down, (laughs) visit our consular friends, since you're not going to drink any of this yourself. It's in your loserville over there. No, it Uh, is not. I was going to say it's the name of, it is the the German for chancellor, but it's, I thought it was maybe it was a, um, an homage to a previous to Angela Merkel or something, but it is the founder's last name. Yeah, so, um, that's our listener's last name, and they they, they heard geez, me or it was like, so, it's delicious. like whine about somehow that we didn't have enough listener provided booze when we have enough to like kill an entire. We like, like to like, knock out Ecuador. <laughs> <laughs> so literally, we could take over Ecuador, <laughs> but <laughs> we didn't have good wine lying around like this. No, this is really good. This Cancer wine. You'll be glad you did. Okay. Yeah, what were we talking about now? Exactly. I mean, keep in mind, Matt just loves yellowtail. No. That's <laughs> not true. <laughs> wow. No, this is actually really good wine. It's really good. Oh, man. You, you guys saw Pinot Noir. Okay. Anyway, did, we didn't that's talk about it. Did you, did you guys see the clip of um, Mayor Adams, mayor of New York City, uh, oh, being my asked God. Can about you, New York? Can you put that in the thing with your special voodoo? <laughs> yeah, uh, when, uh, I'm sorry. When he says uh, <laughs> the greatest thing about New York is that you, any day you could just have 9/11, for example. <laughs> oh no, I thought it was well, the one where say, "Give, give me one word that. to describe New York." Yes. And he, it says New That's York. That's how it starts. I was like, "Wait, yeah. what? <laughs> what's That's one word words, you would dummy? use to? What's one word you would use to describe New York?" Oh, I, I do have it. Hold on a second. Yeah, let's get up. And here. he just there says New it. York. If you had to describe it, and it's tough to do in one word, what would that word be? And tell me why. Uh, New York. You could experience everything from a plane crashing into our train, celebrating a new business that's open. Uh, This is a very, very complicated city, and that's why it's the greatest city on the globe. What? Yeah. So if you said to my relatives abroad, why would you come? You get stabbed. There's a terrorist attack. I don't know. It could be all sorts of cool shit. What happened? Pushes you right out there in the subway tracks. I didn't listen to that. I saw the first one in New York. I was like, one word. And he's like, gives two. But afterwards, he says, it could be a plane crash. (laughs) Any given moment, you wake up, something crazy is happening. (laughs) But but you know what? You know what I realized for the first time? Listen to it again. Listen to it. Just listen to it again. Listen to it again. Because I think maybe we got it wrong. Hold on. You have to describe it, and it's tough to do. In one word, what would that word be? And tell me why. 
uh, New York. No, yeah. he says, uh. So that's what yeah, it is. The word is, uh. Uh. That yeah. is what yeah. it is. Uh, oh, your question, New York? Uh, New York? Yeah. 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 One then, word. What would that word be? Okay, I think, and tell me why. Keep it going. Uh, New York. Yeah. yeah uh, hold New on, York. Hold on. Keep it keep, keep going. Keep, keep going. Keep going. This is a place where every day you wake up, uh, you could experience everything from a plane crashing into our face to to a a person who's celebrating (laughs) a new business that's open. Uh, This is a very, very complicated city. And that's why it's the greatest city on the globe. What? It could be a it could be a Lego store. (laughs) Someone's out there fencing shampoo on Canal Street. Or like, you know, the the towers can go down. Yeah, You want to buy a bag. It's yeah. a real Louis Vuitton. <laughs> Holy shit, bongo off. Welcome to the New Yorks. Uh, New York. Unfucking believable. <laughs> but if you are, this is why wow. political consultants are fucking morons. If you wanted to run against him, just fuck it. That's your ad right there. Yeah. That's like, and then it just goes black and it just says, this guy is a moron. And that's it. And you win. Unbelievable. God, he's he's had a hell of a time, hasn't he? He has had a hell of a time. Oh I just God. realized because I was so worked up about some of his opponents um, that I I didn't realize because I was like, yeah, he's he's the best option. I didn't realize he's just really not very bright. He was always crazy. Um, and like he was <laughs> kind of crazy, stupid though, isn't he? Uh, he was yeah. elected as the kind of um, reaction candidate for all the nuttiness that happened in in, in New York under New De Blasio, York. but also like. <laughs> during 2020 and everything and COVID. And he just was the repository for that sentiment. He wasn't anyone who was like figuring out what yeah, to yeah, do with yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Besides win the president yeah, or yeah. presidency, the mayorality, uh, and then start appointing like all of his like friends and girlfriends. At least and, Robert Moses had ideas. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he wasn't the mayor, but like, it's just like, let's just have a highway that goes through all of these neighborhoods. By the way, I'm going to, I'm going to, um, Ask our listeners. I know that there are guys out there that are music people and that sit around with garage bands or sit around with Pro Tools and make songs and stuff. If you want to make us a new intro, I'm going to give you a oh. new intro thing. And I want this is what I want. This is if I was going in to the, the company that was like, we make, you know, uh, soundtracks for, for podcasts. I would be like, okay, this is what I want. <laughs> I want that. I just want New York. A plane can crash into a building. And then all sorts of other crazy shit that we've talked about over the years. And just over a really nice beat with all this insane stuff. And at the end, it's just fifth column. So that's your assignment. What do you get? I don't know. I'll give you a free um, subscription (laughs) at the Substack. I'll give you a free subscription for a year. That's pretty good. No, no, no. no. If it's really good, I'll give you a lifetime. Oh, lifetime. Mm. No, we're, we're, we're shutting down this podcast in like six months. Yeah, we got to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about that. Um, we do yeah, have no, a lifetime. I'll take some free stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. We, we probably, we only have so much more time. Uh, I did want to get to this thing because we're towards the end of the year. So maybe we can just do some fun year end stuff. There was uh, Mediaites, most influential news media yeah. um, for 2023, 75 people. I suspect you all took a look at it. We can just start with number 75 which is a former guest on this podcast, Brian Stelter. Um, and one thing I noticed as I zoom through the list is Didn't that none of us managed to, to make the list <laughs> this year. Which I'm sorry. He's on the list, but he should have canceled, right? The list is- Yeah, he's uh, still around. He's the still list around. is, is some um, hot garbage. He's been overtaken point, by Oliver Darcy, who's at number 67. So, oh, wow. I mean, Wait, the what was the list again? The understudy has become... <laughs> 
has become the master. <laughs> He's become the master. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Um, no, but you know what I noticed in this list hmm. is that you know, talk about our our, our our former guest who had his show canceled. I just think that that's kind of just qualifying for influence. If if it's not influential enough to keep on the air, that you should probably not be on the list. He had a book out about Fox now. So. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. fine. All right. All right. <laughs> it's, it's, it's still going to be influential. Eric Bowling is on the list. Oh wow! Oh yeah, yeah. no. But like, he's at like seventy-two, so he's barely yeah. on the list. And it's it's a list that's arbitrary enough that the executive editors of the New York Times and Washington Post, who are different people, yes, different different newspapers, do they ever send in much different <laughs> trajectories? They're number sixteen as I, a joint entry for no reason. I've seen his yeah. penis. Joseph Kahn's penis. Eric Bowling's. Eric Bowling's penis. <laughs> why are we? Why are we doing this? I'm, am I whispering that? Yeah, what you are whispering about? it. Yeah, but they could hear you. They heard. What I said not, not in person. Is there any uh, <laughs> distinguishing characteristics of Eric Bowling's penis that you would like to talk about? It has a smiley face. On it. <laughs> <laughs> I think. You drew, I think you drew it on the side. Um, no, you know what was oh, really surprising God. to me was that um, somebody who page. I think has made um, a huge impact. Not on that. Totally crazy is uh, Barry Weiss. Despite you that know, was, the stuff that I do work for. Barry's not on the list. Barry's not on the list. That is Which wild, is insane. Insane, insane, and kind of disqualifying for the list. Doesn't matter what you think about her. You could be a lefty, uh, pro Palestinian. You have to. This is about influence, and, they and have, she has she, she has, has five hundred and more than five hundred thousand subscribers on. Substack. It is, and also, and this is, and they're like, like significant. So, I mean, there was a point after October seventh when, um, for some reason, I don't know why, that on Instagram I followed Jessica Seinfeld. Um, I think it was a That's... woman that made me do that. Uh, it seems like something a woman made me do. Mm -hmm. And for weeks, it was all just the free press is the greatest thing in the world. And now Jerry is in uh, Israel. Yeah, he is. Mm. He's uh, uh, visiting uh, kibbutzim and that mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. that were ransacked. Uh, no, Barry Weiss is the most consequential um, person in Substackville right now. Um, yes, hugely. And I would say this if I hated her, and I don't at all. Uh, but like, it, because if nothing else, with Substack and podcasts and whatever, that's kind of a solo proprietor genre, right? Yeah. That's, it's a it's a silo. It's it's very difficult to make a group publication. Yes. Um, that's pretty much the only super successful group publication. I'm sure there's some other ones. But also think about this. And again, the full disclosure is that I've done work for Barry and I've filled in for her on Honestly and everything. But this is somebody who left the New York Times, um, wrote a book, and then along with her wife, who's an old friend of mine who worked on the Vice show, uh, Nellie Bowles, who is just possibly the nicest person on earth, just very sweet, funny person. Although she likes Gavin Newsom. And no, she doesn't. Does no, she, she? Does. she does. Oh, she's from San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a, okay, well. Yeah, yeah we'll, it's debutante uh, shit. Yeah. yeah, it's weird. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Um, but I'll talk to her about that. Um, but, you know, those two alone had, I think, like the biggest podcast. I mean, is Andy Mills is a lot of people that are involved, the production people that we know, people we're friends with. But she organizes these people and then creates the the podcast um, about J.K. Rowling. And again, Andy, um, you know, who's the producer of that and is a friend of ours, um, and does all this just grows in this enormous way. It's just a couple of people doing something that people want. And that's what makes you influential in media, not being Eric Bowling. Yeah. And which like, is, you know, creating content that you know. It's like, I always love that um, Rick Rubin 
quote. I've said this to you, which is the most obvious one, but the, the, when you, it's one of those quotes when you think about it in different kind of manifestations of it, in different kind of ways of thinking about it, you're like, oh my God, he's really right. When he's asked by Anderson Cooper, like, do you ever do things that the audience wants? And Ruben says, the audience doesn't know what it wants. It only knows what came before. Mm. And that's correct. Yeah. That's exactly right. And that is 90% of the people on that list. They are catering to things that came before. Or if even mimicking things that came yeah, before. Yeah, mimicking things right? that came before. If you're doing something new, if you're doing something, like, I, why was, um, you know, people I disagree with more often than not, like uh, Sagar and Crystal Ball, were they on that? I don't think they were. No, no I don't think and so. And they're hugely influential. They, they've yeah. done it a really, I mean, again, I, I can't listen to half of it without pulling my hair out, but like, <laughs> they're fucking good at what they do. And they do, people love them and they have huge, huge, they left the hill because they were self-sustaining. They were, mm -hmm. they were good enough to go out on their own. And yeah, mm -hmm. that's true of your colleague, um, uh, Robbie, who's a, a, an amazingly sweet and talented guy. Getting uh, increasingly embittered, which I love. Yeah, so. I love that too. Yeah, yeah. I, like that. I remember when it happened to me when I was like fucking 12. <laughs> I was like, you know, oiling my mitt. And I was yeah. like, fuck this. This whole thing is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> the, list, the list is pretty ridiculous. I, at the, closer yeah. to the top. It's cable um, news shit. David, well, Dominion Voting Systems is number one on the list. Fucking so uh, this, that's this like, oh, we're doing gimmickry. a little gimmickry yeah. thing. They do have um, Megan Kelly number uh, right four. up in there in the correct uh, number yeah. four. That is correct, and that's high. Uh, but they, I think, they give her proper props, and in fact, kind of call out Tucker Carlson, and I think that's also proper. Of like, here's how you go indie, Tucker. Uh, mm. The way you're doing it right now, I don't know, man. Was Tucker on that list? Uh, he's he like 26. Yeah, he's yeah. somewhere in the middle of the pack there. Joe Scarborough, right above uh, Megyn Kelly. Um, and there what was, was that other clip I sent recently that was the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Uh, you know, Trump is. No, there was something underwear. that was just really amazing. Um, anyway. There were so many. Um, Elon is at 10. Um, Stephen cool. A. Smith, cool. Jake Tapper, up at seven. Stephen uh, A. Smith um, in the top 10 of a media Bill list. Bill number six. So, I'm, you know, I'm, you know, Bill a couple is, of, a couple of good picks, a few very dubious and questionable ones, but overall what you have to keep in mind is there's no science behind this. It's utter nonsense. And no, it's a Rolling Stone, like best guitarist. The most part. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Do you like Jeff Beck or Ingve Momstein? <laughs> ridiculous. You guys are all ridiculous. Yeah. Decent number of former guests on the, uh, on yeah, the yeah, list. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll take that. I'll, That's fine. I'll, I'll throw some of those up on the weekend links obviously with links back to those yes. previous appearances previous appearances um what else do you put in the weekend links i don't know do you have any you have a good stuff this week i'm gonna be, by the way um i don't know if we'll get this out on time i'll try to get it out tonight but you probably miss this i'll be on cnn tomorrow from 11 to 12 oh yeah for the hour mm. um who are so, you i i don't know <laughs> you can't say okay um, errol lewis mm. uh margaret hoover who is a friend and I think is... Uh, Didn't you say Emmanuel Lewis was also Emmanuel on? Lewis yeah. is on. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, George Papadopoulos. <laughs> otherwise known as Alex Karras. Yeah. Um, Emmanuel Lewis is dead, right? I believe so. Yeah. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, that's sweet. He was, sweet little fellow. He was too big for that body. He was. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even know what that means, but... That but is what she said, though. So, yeah. so, so much heart. It just couldn't contain... All right, I'm going to stop. Stop. <laughs> wait, is, is this Kensler is, is really dead? ruining me? <laughs> is he dead? Oh, I don't think he's dead. 
Wait, he might be alive. Gary Coleman died. Gary Coleman is very dead. Well, he was killed in a drive-by. Obviously. Yes. Todd, Todd Bridges shot him. No, <laughs> Emmanuel, I'm pretty sure Emmanuel Lewis is alive. Let me. We're let gonna me have to fact check this. Wait, wait, and, wait. And, and, like, do an apology. Emmanuel Dude, Lewis. he's alive. What? He's alive. Oh man, he's, <laughs> why are you wishing death fucking... on this man? He's 52 years old. He's a young Dude, man. He's a Mozambic. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Time He's fine. This shit. Well, I'm yeah, sorry. No, 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 Emmanuel Lewis is fine. He but, is fine. But wait, hold on, hold on. Hold on. We should have him on the podcast. We should have him on the podcast for sure. Where does he live? Yeah. Let's get him here. I don't know. We should get him in studio. Oh, yeah. And then you find out that he's like fucking Larry Elder. <laughs> it's like super right wing. Um, nice. I, the, 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 I don't understand, by the way, why if Emmanuel Lewis is alive, yeah. he's not like in a ton of movies and stuff. Because, you know, like when John Travolta was in Pulp Fiction, everyone was like, oh, remember him? And then it revived yeah. his career. I want somebody out there to, to, to cast him. Let's be honest about fucking John Travolta <laughs> for a half a second here. I almost How many people have had the magnetism of that man? He's Come getting, the fuck on. He's got the magnetism. Fucking <laughs> Vinny Barbarino. Vinny Barbarino. He yeah. was in some stupid, like, country dance movie. That oh, yeah, was that was great. Urban he's Cowboy. Urban Cowboy. Yeah. Like, he, he dominated. Yeah, he dominated. but by the way, someone, Look who's talking. Someone, Don't even start with this. His baby's, like, talking. Um, he's, <laughs> <laughs> like, so weird. The baby's, like, talking. Um, I don't even know if that's a fucking John Travolta, but uh, I've never tried that one. But um, the everyone said... That the Gotti movie is like the worst movie ever made, and I'm like, you know, stop piling on the guy. I don't. I, it's it's un. I it's, it's terrible. It's yeah. unspeakably bad. I thought yeah, it was it like really a joke. Bad. You watch yeah. like a lot of mob movies with your daughter, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. What's she's so mad that she can't watch Goodfellas? I'm like, baby, at the first <laughs> scene, they're like literally stabbing a man in the trunk for like a long period of time. Yeah. It's like, Fucking prick! And it's like you can't watch that. <laughs> so it was just really bad. Yeah. Have you taken her to uh, Sparks? Uh, steakhouse? steakhouse? Oh, she knows all about that. But has she been there? No, that would, she'd actually probably. <laughs> so in, the reason speakeasy yeah. events, this is completely off the rails, so we're fine, um, are held like uh, uh, half a block yeah. away, right? And so last time that we were at the reason speakeasy. Recreated uh, the assassination. Nick was interviewing Jennifer Burns, who wrote, wrote a, a recent uh, book about uh, Milton Friedman. And who shows up? Iowa Hawk happens to be in town. Mm -hmm. And so what are you going to do? You're going to go to Sparks. Oh, is he a Sparks guy? And, and well, he just it's eyeball hawk, so you're gonna want to treat him a good you time. Treat him a good time, yeah. Um, Sparks is amazing. Oh yeah, yeah. Holy, it's a I'd good never... last meal. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> if you're gonna get cut down in the street, it's a pretty good last meal. Sparks is a big steakhouse, and the, who was the one who got yeah, killed? What's his, his name? Yeah, yeah. The 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 one that predated Gotti. That guy, that guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. What am I? How am I blanking? Cancellor. Cancellor Winery. Yeah, I think the wine is, is uh, I mean, I'm like, I can get Vinny the Chin out very yeah. quickly. By the way, I watched an interview with his daughter, which is on YouTube, and is really, it's really, really interesting. It's like being the daughter of a guy. And if you remember Vinny the Chin Gigante, who was a mobster who they were trying to put away in his novel approach to not being put away was to pretend that he was crazy. So he used to walk around back when Little Italy was still Little Italy. It wasn't a bunch of, you know, Albanians who own Italian restaurants. It's actually an Italian place. And he would shuffle around in a bathrobe yeah. talking to himself. And, you know, his daughter obviously knew it was fake. And it's a pretty funny, funny interview. Yeah. So anyway. Why don't you that. just, why don't you just watch the, the, 
broadcast TV edit of Goodfellas with her. No, like, that can be fun. I, no, no. no. <laughs> that can be cinema. Fun. No. Come on, what did we go? We, we went and saw something that was way too adult for her. I can't remember what it was recently. What? Um, Caligula, I think it was called. No, I'm oh I, don't, I don't. I can't remember what it was. We watched some Roman history is important. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's right. Like, you need <laughs> to learn this. Don't turn away. <laughs> oh, <my> God. <laughs> oh God. Yep. Uh, by the way, I, written by Gore Vidal, or yeah, co-written by right. co-written by Gore yeah. Vidal. Yeah. If it's swords and sandals, Gore yeah. Vidal is going to be somewhere close. Yeah, you know, I might have like, been about like, like nine or about. ten. When did Action Jackson come out? At some point, my parents took yeah. me to a movie, and this will tell you a great deal about my my upbringing, I suppose. But I went to see a movie. It was a double feature, and it mm-hmm. was Nightmare on Elm Street, the what? one where like there's a really long tongue, and yeah. uh, Action Jackson. Like that yeah. was the double feature. And, and you watched uh, both of them. Watched both of them. I mean, I was terrified. They had to like take yeah. me to the back of the theater for the like during Nightmare on Elm Street. But we didn't leave, you know, we, <laughs> because nobody else was screaming in that theater. That was the first one. And uh, yeah, that that disturbed me. It messed me up. Like I yeah. was not sleeping well for a very long time. At one point, you decide to expose your children to that kind of thing. I don't know. If you but haven't seen the last James Bond. I would, and you plan on seeing it, I would recommend um, stopping the podcast now because it's, you know, little left because um, this will be a spoiler is that I brought my daughter to see The Last James Bond because um, mm-hmm. she's used to like Roger Moore. You like, mean oh, this is Daniel Craig, and then, like, not Mission Impossible with Tom Cruise. Yeah, yeah. Just learn yeah. basic mores. Uh, yeah. This is like kind of, <laughs> yeah, this is like, this is how it works, right? Yeah. This is how you get ahead in life. <laughs> and uh, and you know. we, we watched this last one <laughs> and holy fuck, he dies at the end. Spoiler, Bond, spoiler Bond dies. Yeah, no. One yeah, told me I told that. you to fucking turn the thing off if you hadn't yeah. listened to it. Oh, you didn't. Know. But he like die, and she, and Lily is like crying. She's like, totally so upset. And I I mentioned the bit by the way in this that there was a 007, a double O maybe she was double O five who was a black woman. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I told the story a long time ago when I when I first saw it, and she is like carrying the scientist. Mm-hmm. He's doing evil things. And she's just carrying him through and she's like shooting everybody and, you know, carrying him through, you know, taking him to, to be arrested or something. And he makes some racially insensitive remark and she kills him. Oh, <laughs> no. like, yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. She was like totally fine with the, like he was, he was like murdering. Yeah. It was like going to blow up the world. Yeah. And then, and then he was like, he was like, you know, white people, they do this. And then and she was like, fuck you and shot him. You got it. You have to die. And, and I was like, Jesus, yeah. wow. That's what yeah. it took. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine, actually. That's fine. That's totally where fine. we are right now yeah. as a culture. And, I, and that, and that, that woman is the next gen. Everything Bond. is fine. Yeah. <laughs> next and president right. of Harvard. I yeah. bet she's married to Emmanuel Lewis. Um, we should probably <laughs> skate because I got to go pick up my kid. Um, yeah. Matt, I know you're, you're on your way out of the country. Uh, our, our holiday schedule is probably going to be activated at this point because we are right on the other side of Christmas. Um, but I suppose, or is it the other side or what? Soon we'll be on the other side of Christmas. Soon be on the other That's side. That's probably the way to say it. Um, but yeah, between Christmas and New Year's, everything gets a little crazy. We will be here for you and be back, uh, but we are, are looking forward to the new year. Lots of exciting stuff coming up. Um, I, I, I might be releasing. But, Matt has something to release too. We'll have yeah. some content. Yeah, we'll, we'll have some, some content. Stuff. Yeah. And yeah. I, yeah. You, we, bring, we, we never go dark. I'm bringing the, the gear to France with me. Great. Yeah. Okay. 
All right, Zutalo, we should have a crazy yes. French. Uh, I'm episode. looking forward to the vigorous discourse about Israeli-Palestinian affairs that uh, that uh, I'm going to be experiencing. C- can I can I say <laughs> right before we go? This is a 30 second comment. This is a European thing. It's such a French goodbye. They hate um, any Muslims that are in their country, and then they hate Israelis even more. It's a it's so baffling. Interesting duality. They cannot stand Israel, and they cannot stand the people that have come to their country from Algeria and um and by the way it's their fucking fault Fra- it's which, France's fault which part because the the Algerian war convinced everybody from the PLO on that you can defeat a colonial power and they will leave but France has France they will go back to France there's no place for Israelis to go and they the FLN that was like their lodestar and defeating the French that was a thing so blame them for it at dinner there you go there's a tip for you but then... Yeah, try that at your uh, holiday party. Yeah. That sounds good. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. 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 We, we know of new methods of attack. The Trojan horse.